In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
glory be to God on high. grace to withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure minds and hearts to follow you the only God through Jesus Christ your son our Lord who lives and reigns with you in a Holy Spirit one God now and forever The Old Testament reading for the 17th Sunday after Trinity is recorded in Proverbs chapter 25. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great. For it is better that he say to you, come up here than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame? Debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver, like an earring of gold 
and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Like the cold of snow in time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now it happened as Jesus went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then Jesus answered them, saying, 
Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory, to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath. They watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then Jesus answered them, saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. This is the word of the Lord. One of the problems that we suffer with as Christians and in the church is the problem of anger. We are angry at the world in which we live because we see a world that is out of joint. We are angry with political correctness. We are angry with a total disregard for life. We are angry about the woke movement, about racism and the critical race theory. We're angry at all these people. There's a place for anger. There's a place for righteous anger. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing, Psalm 2 said today? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying to the Lord, his anointed, let us break their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. There's plenty of anger in the world. And Psalm 2 indicates that this anger is directed to Jesus. You see, no one has a right to be angrier than Jesus does because he is the Lord's anointed sent into the world to love the world, and yet the world despises him and despises what is true and despises the order of creation and despises all things that we in the church hold up as good and which the Ten Commandments are supposed to protect. From a human standpoint, who could have blamed Jesus if he said, to hell with the world. But that's not what he does. Instead, he enters into the world. He bears the anger and the hatred and the iniquity and the self-righteousness and the pride and the arrogance to the altar of the cross. And from there, he prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The same things that are out there in the world that cause us as Christians to get angry at the world emanates from the nature of self-righteousness, which is a part of original sin. We must pray for the world. 
We must commend the world to the mercy of God. We must trust that God will work all things out for his good. Which does not mean the endorsement of anything that is evil. But it does mean, as Jesus did, to do good on the Sabbath. The man before us in the ruler of the Pharisee's house had dropsy. It's a funny expression. Some of you have dropsy. It's congestive heart failure. And it results in being out of wind, a loss of strength and ability to work. And the Pharisees, who were angry, they were angry all the time, unless people kowtowed to their prescription of what a holy life was, and they believed that you pleased God by the works of the law, and boy, they were angry at those who didn't do what they did, and they were especially angry at Jesus because he came into the world and he proclaimed mercy and forgiveness, and he had a right to do that. So Jesus asks them a question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And it's stunning, isn't it? They kept silent. You know, sometimes it's good to just ask the questions based on a premise. If all white males have systemic racism and are evil and not fit to live, is it right to murder them? Should we not submit to widespread genocide to get rid of all of those racist white people. You see, sometimes when you ask a question, you expose that which is absurd. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? The, the response to the question is, duh. Of course it is right to do good. Is it right to love your enemy? Yes, it is right. Is it right for the Son of God to come into the world and to bear the iniquity of the world and to go to the cross for unbelieving, wretched sinners who are filled with a lot worse than racism? And the answer is yes, even though it makes no sense to human reason. But that's the nature of God's love. Now notice what Jesus does. In answer to the question, is it right to do good on the Sabbath, and in answer to the silence, he doesn't say, forget it, I'm done with you. No, he does good on the Sabbath. He heals the man. And he does so by putting to them another question. And it's so simple, isn't it? You see, sometimes, sometimes even the gospel speaks of common sense especially when you take the opposite side of the coin, like I just said, well, if it's all this evil, then let's kill everybody. Well, of course we don't mean that. That's absurd. So Jesus says, answering them, answering their silence, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And every single one of them would do so. It's like, which of you driving down Interstate 41, if you have a flat tire, will not get out of your car, grab the spare out of the trunk, and change your tire? 
But what Jesus does is he pulls off on the side of the road. And he sees you in distress there, and he dares to sacrifice himself for you, even though you are a stranger to him. And so the gospel reaches out even to those who wear jewelry in various parts of their body that cause us to scratch our head. He reaches out to those whose ideology and belief system is completely foreign to the Christian gospel. And he reaches out to them not because he endorses that which is disordered, but rather because true order in this world and in society and in culture comes from Jesus' redeeming work. The great tragedy is that God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, and yet so few receive a love that is absolutely freely given without counting the cost of that love to himself. And, of course, the cost of that love was Jesus laying down his life in death for us. I understand the anger. It comes upon me all too often. I encourage you to pray the Psalms. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Pray the Psalms in which we commend the world that is disordered and unbelieving and full of hatred against Christ, the Lord's anointed, and against the truth. In the Psalms, we commend the world to God. And we do so with eyes fixed upon that one who did good on the Sabbath. And that one who, though we, in the language of today's gospel, deserve to sit in the lowest place because of our sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that includes every one of us, as well as everyone in the world around us. He calls out to us by the gospel, and he says, come up here to the highest place. And though we do not deserve it as sinners, he sits us at his table, having borne our sins and iniquities, and he says, take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. And this is called the feast of love because it is first and foremost the love of Christ coming to us that we don't deserve, that feasting upon that love, we might learn to live in love toward others and in confessing our faith in Jesus in every aspect of our lives, in the sanctity of our marriages and what it is to be a husband and wife, in the sanctity of family life, what it is to be a mother and a father, in the sanctity of human sexuality as God has ordained it, and in the great wisdom that all were created in Adam and all fell in Adam, but all are redeemed in the second Adam, and that his love is the fountain and source of life that gives meaning and purpose to us. In these things, maybe just a few people in the world who do not yet know the Lord Jesus will see in us a radical difference from the anger and the hatred of the world 
will see in us, rather, the love of God in Christ. And may even ask us as a husband, or a wife, or a mother, or a father, why do you live the way you live? For there is no hatred in you. There is only mercy in you, even as you hold to those things that we do not believe in. And the answer is, because of Christ and what he is, not only for me, but also for you. Come to the waters, we might say. Come to the table. Eat and drink of the wisdom of a love which transcends the hatred of this world. Have you ever noticed that there is such a lack of peace in this world of hatred and despair? That's because the only place for peace is in Christ, in his forgiveness, in his mercy. Don't ever allow your disdain for what's going on in the world around you to cause you to lose sight of that mercy and that Christ came into the world to save this world and to redeem the sinner, no matter who he is, no matter what he might look like, no matter how far he has fallen from the order of God's creation. Because in Christ, it is good to do good on the Sabbath. And the rest that he gives is eternal peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of Christ's saving name, that God's people may be strengthened in the true faith and his kingdom extended, let us pray to the Lord. For the Holy Christian Church throughout the world and for all who confess the name of Christ, that God would guard and defend us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the office of the Holy Ministry in the Church, 
and for the Lord's guidance and blessing upon our calling of an associate pastor and headmaster. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Travis Dubnicka, August Christofferson, Ben Benassik, Brianna Hertzberg, Donna Alfdenberg, Christine Dubnicka, George Kaminsky, Melissa Brendel, Evan Hertzberg, Jeff Meehan, and Doreen Corso celebrating baptismal birthdays, that they would be preserved in Christ against the assaults of the evil one. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of holy matrimony between a man and a woman, and that God would sanctify this gift among us. And for his blessing upon Ed and Michelle Ratzloff, Pat and Kate Handlos, Kevin and Sherry Larson, John and Pam Lehman, Don and Roseanne Fell, celebrating wedding anniversaries this week. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who partake this day of Christ's holy body and blood, that sitting at his table they may receive the benefits of forgiveness of sin and the renewal of life and have a foretaste of the feast to come, let us pray to the Lord. For those who have wandered from the faith of their baptism, that they would be called to repentance and return home to the Father, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the government, for the rule of law among us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all the faithful, that the Spirit would lead them to cheerful, generous giving from the bounty of the Lord's, the, that the Lord provides, to support the church, and to help those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are sustained in illness, those continue, who continue to suffer, especially Jim and Kathy Verge recuperating from pneumonia, Jim Nietzsche from cancer treatment, Jeremy Lafour in his battle with ALS, Louise Bollmeyer suffering with congestive heart failure, Del Dewey recuperating from aortic valve surgery, Fritz Tylacker hospitalized in Waukesha with pneumonia, Dick Grono in Oconomowoc with congestive heart failure, Shirley Freckman recovering from a stroke, and her husband Jerry moving to assisted living, Jan Wallen and Aaron Piper recovering from surgeries, Gabby Hartwig in treatment for cancer, Abru Yeba Amaso for breast cancer, James Loker for liver cancer, Reverend David Oberdeek recovering from kidney surgery, Reverend Dr. John Willie who continues treatment for prostate cancer, Reverend Michael Fingston who begins treatment for lymphoma, and Barb Weeding undergoing testing for cancer, and Betty Aiken Don Fell's sister in hospice care, that God would grant healing to their bodies and strength to bear their infirmities with patience and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth, 
to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you, body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent, fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
Welcome to the Divine Service this morning. Just a couple of announcements. But please come to Bible class this morning, even though I'm doing some things for Sunday school before our regular classes begin next week. I promise I shall make it interesting for you. Secondly, this Wednesday is the Feast of St. Michael and all angels, and we hope that you will come. Senior Choir will be singing the Ministry of Angels uh, and their place in the world uh, and in service to the Lord and to us. So that's Wednesday night at the 645 service. And then next Sunday is the beginning of our special um, Bible class for the year, the St. Peter Option. I'll explain why is it called the St. Peter Option. So you'll have to come. And then uh, next week I should have a kind of a schedule for at least the sequence of events. We're going to allow a discussion to govern how long we spend on a particular topic in the material. But uh, that begins next Sunday during uh, Bible class. Uh, anything else, Sherry? All right. Thank you and have a good week. <laughs>